Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show for you today. Um, we are here with Beth Plettieri. Uh Welcome, Beth. Well, thank you. It's such a fun... I'm so excited to be here. Yay, fabulous. <laughs> and um, Beth is a, a personal coach and a business coach. And so she helps people kind of transition uh, into when you're trying to achieve something very specific. Um, you know, that that is, well, I guess, tell, tell us, let's just get started. Let's dive right into it. What What is personal coaching and what is business coaching? Sure. Um, so my tagline is reclaim your vision, find your freedom. Um, and I think actually in many ways, personal coaching and business coaching is sort of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about a different objective. Um, so in personal coaching, um, people are looking towards sort of reclaiming parts of themselves, um, reclaiming their identity, perhaps, um, and sort of moving towards what makes them feel good. Um, and in businesses, people are doing the same thing. It's just sort of a different uh, system. Um, and so people, again, are in transition, taking on a new job, a new leadership opportunity, taking on a new department. Um, and they're seeing what is sort of from the old that could still work um, and what needs to be revamped and um, shift forward uh, to align with their vision. Mm, I like that. Because I feel like sometimes when I have a vision, I, when I sit down and I think about it and I just wonder how do I do this? It feels so big because I'm a dreamer and I always have a million ideas and sometimes I have to pick and choose. And when I sit down to do the steps, some, that's when I usually call somebody that I trust and I'm, I'm like, okay, how do I how do I get this? I'm really excited about it. Yeah, the coaching model I use has four squares. So I've trained through Martha Beck, um, who's like Oprah's life coach. Oh, uh, I know. Fancy. Very fancy. And um, <laughs> she uses four squares. And the first square is getting sort of rid of your limiting beliefs. But the square two is about sort of creating that beautiful vision. And then square three is the hero's journey, which I think is the square you're speaking to, which is sort of when you're looking up Mount Everest being like, and how do I get there? Um, And so we get to use lots of fun tools with coaching, like turtle steps, like taking really baby steps, Mm. um, and also just sort of staying in alignment with our vision. And of course, pivoting when our vision doesn't go well at all and things are harder than we anticipated um, as happens in the real world yeah so you know and I this is something that I always kind of wonder do you when people are are trying to achieve this new vision that they're trying to accomplish whether it's in their personal or their professional life do you hold people accountable Uh, or how do you do that because I feel like when we have these belief systems that can kind of get in our way that puts our we put a bear we throw things in our own path yes that's totally true um i think it's a balance so sometimes it's about um i think it goes both ways so sometimes it's about uh helping people see the beliefs that are in their path or see that they're throwing things in their way and really you can sort of push them and be like you're far i see that you're further along than you're giving yourself credit for Mm. and like 
guess what? Like you can do this because like I see that you're ready for it. Um, And the other times people, I think right now, especially when there's so much information and so many resources and so many ways to build a business or or to launch something that you're excited about, The other way is that we're just not being nice to ourselves, that we're pushing too hard. We're trying to climb Mount Everest too fast. And I get to also say, like, you did amazing work. And like, maybe this is your rest week. Like, Mm. that's okay, too. So it's really about, like, being intuitive with the client about where they're at and sort of offering compassion to whichever thing they need most. Mm. I love the idea of a rest week. Yes, everyone needs a rest week. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the equivalent to when you're a kid, you need just a mental health day. Yes, yes. My mom gave me mental health days too. Yes, it's a very key part. And I think something we're pretty terrible at as grownups. I mean, we do vacations, but rest is different. So why do we have such a hard time with rest? I don't know. I think as a, I think because we're it's a capitalist society and we're used to being productive. And in fact, when I work with clients, so often we go from limiting beliefs, like thinking about what's holding us back, to doing. And you sort of everyone wants to skip over the like dr- the square, the dreaming and scheming, and the like getting big and playful because we're on to the next thing we have to achieve and make things happen. And so I think it's yeah, it's a cycle. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that that's part of, I think that's probably one of the most influential things in sitting down with people is on this radio show for me has been turning into those cycles. Mm, Yes. And being like, oh, like not only as a woman do I have cycles, right? These, my menstrual cycles, my, you know, the, the three weeks on the like one week of bleeding, but also like there's cycles in my productivity, Yes, that's totally true. And in life coaching and in this particular model with Martha Beck, she uses the caterpillar to the butterfly analogy in part because when the caterpillar goes into the chrysalis, it literally turns into goo. Like it completely is nothingness before it can be a butterfly. The radio world probably didn't see my face right there. But I, <laughs> when you said it turns into goo, I was like, Mur. Yes, it was, a, it was definitely a mer face. But like we have to allow for the goo. And we're so busy trying to turn caterpillars into butterflies that we forget that there's this whole part where like if you opened up a chrysalis, there would just be goop and not anything yeah. um, of substance, if you will. Uh. Um And then the other part of that analogy I love is that if you cut a butterfly out of a chrysalis, it would die. And the butterflies that take the most effort to get out of the chrysalis um, actually survive better Mm. because they've struggled. Right. Um, And so sort of just allowing for all those phases in our own life, which is, of course, easier said than done. Mm. How... If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Energy Matters on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, and we're chatting with Beth Platieri, um, who is a life and business coach, so a personal and a business coach. Um, Beth, how did you get into this work? How did you get into business coaching, into personal coaching? So the joke of it is, is that I didn't sort of know that I was doing it. Um, I was in nonprofits for 15 years, and I worked on adolescent sexual and reproductive health and doula and breastfeeding and... Um, grief, miscarriage, and stillbirth support. That's a huge range. It was a huge range. I used to joke that if you met me in 20 years, I'd also be doing menopause support. Like I was just going to do my <laughs> yeah. life course. Um, like, oh, this is happening for me. I would like to learn more about it. Yeah. Um, and so 
Um, and then I was restless and I knew I loved like creating things and building things, but I didn't know what to do with it. And so I got a job working for a company um, as a project manager, thinking that that would be my solution. Um, and it most definitely was not. Mm. And so I was on a um, terrible work trip, which I had anticipated would be the solution and it wasn't. Um, and I got an email about a life coach training. And so I signed up in the airport on my way home from D.C., so, uh, but what was so you got an email? Yes, and you were having a, a horrible work trip. What was it about? What was in that for you? Was there a, an intuitive? I mean, moment I think or? we're all looking for happiness, right, and for greater joy and greater ease. And I think coaching for me was a like the, the email, and um, I wound up talking to someone for twenty minutes who. Um, it was supposed to be 20 minutes. I wanted to talk to her for an hour, who was oh. a coach. Um, and I just felt like, oh, like what you're doing makes so much sense to my slightly logical um, Virgo brain. And I like loved this like uncovering of individual treasures that not anyone has the answers for everybody, but everyone has their own answers. And you get to just like highlight that for people and hold them accountable to their to themselves. Um, and so what actually, when I signed up, I thought I was going to be a nonprofit consultant and I thought the coaching would be useful for that. Um, and then I started coaching and I just loved it. It felt like, it felt like mad. I mean, it feels like magic. Like you just see people who have these like whispers of ideas or whispers of parts of themselves or things that they did when they were younger that they loved. And then by the time we're done working together, they're taking these like leaps, um, that just feel like magic and and it's all them but I get to be a witness to it and that's the coolest. That is really cool. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've helped people get from point A to point B with? Yeah, so I've helped people sort of take the leap um career-wise with like shifting careers or starting their own business or Those are huge leaps. Huge leaps. Huge. Huge leaps. Yes. Shifting careers is massive. And hearing, like, it's like, it's all these whispers. I think we have these whispers and we're so used to pushing them down. And so to just give people an hour a week or an hour every two weeks to just like let the whispers rise up um, is just really cool. (laughs) Sounds very haunting. Halloween inspired (laughs) metaphor (laughs) or whatever. Absolutely. Um, And then I've also just helped people sort of, they started off in a niche and now they're not sure it speaks to them. And so coming up with new words, I mean, we live in an age where sort of anything is possible in terms of identifying your career. Um, And so, um, yeah, so it feels like just helping people come up with the words that they want to name themselves and and sort of articulate their calling. Hmm. I like that. So what is a typical business coaching? Or is, I know you said that the the coaching sessions, whether it's for business or personal, are are pretty much are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, what does a session look like? Yeah, so I really think it, I support people in moving through the squares um, that I mentioned a little earlier. So the first square is dissolving limiting beliefs, which I have to say is, seems not to be my my niche Mm -hmm. um i seem to be helping um and i my clients are in square two or are interested in square two which is dreaming and scheming the mantra of square two is there are no rules and that's okay um and we really just section it is it's the goop like let's get into the goop so um so i really we do like a lot of visioning activities and playing with feelings and sort of who they want to embody and be um and so yeah so that's like we sort of use those activities and then um and I assign homework um sometimes and then um and then we move into square uh three which is 
the hero's journey, which is where you take those visions and dreams and you try to put them in the real world and see what happens. Mm. Um, and so that's where the pivoting and the strategizing and the being kind to yourself all come into play. And so I really love the interplay of those um, two squares, if you will, because um, yeah, because it's sort of everyone's in some of them with with different things and we get to sort of highlight what's working and what's not and and sort of keep returning back to the vision and the and the dreaming and the and the sense of freedom that that my clients want. I love that sense of freedom. Sense of freedom. Yes. Fly. Is there a particular game that you like playing in this um, dreaming and scheming square that we could play with some of our listeners at home? Ooh. And if we want, we could take a moment to think about that or we could dive in. Um, it's totally up to you. I know I just sprung that you on did, you. You did, but I'm – so one of them is, is re- really simple, which I think is easy to to play at home. Is this something that people would need to get a pen and paper for? Yeah, yes. I think always a pen and paper is, is a good – tool okay so if you're driving if you're listening to this and you want to do a little dreaming and scheming for something in your own life um we do record all these shows and you can go back on to reiki northampton.com backslash radio and find beth pletieri's show um so fear not if you don't have all the steps or the piece of paper in hand while you're driving but i'm also picking a relatively simple one so hopefully you could also hold on to the nugget and wait till you get to a parking spot yes <laughs> fabulous okay. all right so let's do it so it's called wildly improbable goals Ooh, um, wildly improbable goals and i like this one for me because it's grounded in reality so um so it's not so um open-ended but the idea is that you just write down things you like to do so like gardening or um I don't know. I don't actually like gardening. Um, okay. Let's think let's about think, things we actually What are things you have? I will do it. I will run. Oh, can I coach you? Yeah. Okay. I love that. What would you, what are some of the things you love to do? You know, I really love spending time with my cats. Okay. Great. I love that. I also love reading. Mm-hmm. I also love watching my favorite TV shows. Okay. I also love hiking. Okay. I love the drive time between my apartment and my boyfriend's house. Okay. It's about an hour 15. So I just kind of love that hour drive. Uh-huh. And what do you love about it? Oh, um, it's a time where I get to do my mantra. Mm-hmm. So I get to do my um, my chanting with that. So it's kind of a nice focus time. Mm-hmm. It's also a time where I get to listen to podcasts. Okay. So I get to kind of catch up on my media. Um, I also get to drive through all these trees, the back roads of New England, mm. which is just, they're just curvy and I drive up through Leverett. So there's, there's just some magical, beautiful houses. And I like to do a little like, I'm like, oh, I love that house. I like to dream <laughs> right, about that house. Right, you can dream. It's dreaming. Yeah, it's my dream time. Dream yeah. time. Um, wow, even just talking about that, I'm like, actually, that is a really productive time for me. Yeah. Those hour right, 15 right. drives. It's like, so, so what we would do in a coaching session, and, and I'm realizing the shortcoming of this is that I don't have a pen and paper to take notes, which yeah. is what I usually do, but um, is to sort of sit with these things that make you happy and that mm. just feel grounding or fulfilling or joyful or All easeful. All those things did feel joyful yeah, when I started whole, thinking about them. Well, and like, what's oh. fun too is like your whole energy, like energy matters. Your whole energy shifted. It was a whole different, you know, the, first the interviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it was like a whole different, like you just got into a different place when you were talking about those things. And then sort of teasing out what are the feelings that you get when you feel those things? Like, why do you like them a little bit? And then you get to set wildly improbable goals. So for example, if you love making French pastry, 
for example, then maybe your wildly improbable goal is that you live in France for three years. Um, And so you really try to like stretch them. And then the idea is not that you're going to live in France for three years, but you're really just trying to take the things that make you happy and content and playful and joyful and exponentialize them. Like just give them all the space and air. Um, And then you can sort of think through what like a little step might be if you want to, but it's really just the exercise of just opening up those cans of worms that we like tamper down um, and giving them space to, to breathe and, and take up more space in our life. So I would, I would write down all the things that I, that really inspired me about my favorite things. And let's say I love spending time with my cats and I'm just thinking out loud. Um, maybe I would design designer cat toys yeah, or something. Right. And I would just spend time with my cats trying to see, engage if they liked this one yes. better than that one. Yeah, right. And so I could do that for... Forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would te- take each one of those and just flesh it out. You would flesh it out and wow. just get big with it. And again, it's not supposed to be like assignment it's not um, based in reality it's not, necessarily. It's not necessarily because then i think when we get stuff based in reality we have trouble we can't the the idea behind it is that you cannot do what you cannot dream mm-hmm. so if we don't allow ourselves to dream big we cannot get to what we're supposed to be getting to and so we're really just trying to give more space to our dreams um and re- it's a really an an inner conversation not a not we're not worried about the external world we're just being in ourself and what playing with your cats brings up for you Maybe the feelings, the sensations, the ideas, and then what would be like the exaggerated version of that. So we're just getting into a really, really dreamy space, mm-hmm. just gooey and delicious. And yes. it's just kind of about raising our vibrations. Exactly. Yeah. I so, love it. Yeah. It's just fun. Dreaming and scheming. Dreaming and scheming. <laughs> yeah. I know. And the scheming is fun too, because it sounds like, I don't know. Like you have something planned. Yeah. Like, like you're, it's like, like playful and like you're a kid and you're yeah, scheming and dangerous. to take over the world yeah. or right. trick your brother or something. Yeah. Just like a little naughty. I love Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So we're going to take a short break. If you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Beth Plettieri, um, who is a business and life coach. Um, and her website is bpcoaching.life. Uh, if you are curious about what she's all about and you know, when we were chatting on the break, you know, it's funny because, you know, you were talking about these 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 squares within your um, the, the business and the life, the personal and the business coaching. And I love those frameworks because there's it's so often, you know, I'll talk to somebody and I'll have one of these kind of dreaming and scheming days, these like square two days where I'll go hiking and my, I always get my best ideas when I'm coming down the mountain mm. and you know, it's so hard to explain that to people sometimes that I just needed to get outside so I can get some fresh air and get out of my head. And for me, that's really productive. And, you know, you had said something about having that framework for people to understand, having the language for people to understand. Because sometimes when I'm trying to describe it, I'm like, oh, is this valid? It's very valid. Yeah. And I love that you like know that too. We talked about like knowing the cycles and like getting rest and like this is part of that. Um, And I had shared that I was, there's a husband and wife and I've coached both of them and like I ran into them and they were like, it's a square two. We're doing it like, and so like they use, like it's so fun that when we have those words to, um, to articulate. And I think that in, this is just my, I feel like as a society, we're missing language for some of these things and some of this personal evolution. Like we know it's important. Um, we know that life is a journey, but in sort of taking away some of the organized religion, we're, we're sort of missing some of the um, 
I don't know, ingrained vocabulary of these sort of cycles of life and of um, taking taking on new risks and challenges and and things sort of dying and going away and sort of a rebirth and we're and so I think that the squares give us um, that framework back in a different kind of way um, for for personal growth mm. and development. How do you feel like organized religion has kind of pulled back a framework for um, for us to kind of have new, I may try to articulate my question. How do you feel like the kind of dying off of bigger religions or the kind of making space for other types of spirituality um, allows us to have these different uh, squares or these different like gaps in our language? Yeah, I think that it's um, a good question. Um, I think that uh, there has been marks for like, how do you handle death and how do you handle uh, coming of age mm-hmm. and how do you handle Um, weddings and I think with things that are positive that are like weddings or babies um, we've been able to keep routines in part because they're rituals in part because they're fun um, Mm. and they're celebratory and I think with things that are harder to articulate um, including grief and death we're not sort of um, as robust in our ways of understanding them and of articulating them um I was on a coach's call recently about grief and loss and we were just talking about how there's, we think of grief and loss in terms of like death, but there's grief and loss in so much of what we do, right? Whether it's like uh, ending a radio show at like the, at a very small way or, or shifting into a different role, but you really loved your old role or for my kids, like there's grief at the end of the school year and there's grief at birthdays. Like they're excited to get bigger. They wish they were smaller. And so giving us back some of these terms to talk about life more fully um, in all of the the bigs ups and downs, but also the, just the little ones mm. um, I think is something that this now feels circuit, but like the squares offer us is sort of the cycle framework. Mm. Um, and I'm sure there's other people doing this in different ways, yeah. um, but of just giving us the language to talk about these cycles in a way that's understanding and compassionate instead of harsh and plugging through rigid hustle yeah Yeah. and a lot of the baggage that comes along with religion right yeah if that's not something that serves you anymore than having other frameworks that don't that are new yes exactly it's much easier to be like i'm in goop then yeah (laughs) or whatever or i'm a little baby caterpillar right now (laughs) but one day i hope to be a butterfly (laughs) yeah we're all gonna be butterflies (laughs) yeah so on your website, um, and if people are curious and um, about what Beth is doing, you can always check out her work at bpcoaching.life. Um, you talk about coaching for parents. Um, how does your experience as a parent and a coach work together? Yeah, that's a good, complicated question. Um, I think that most of my coaching is about helping people push away from things that are not working for them. Um, and helping them articulate their own vision and their own identity and their own place that they're going to. Um, and parenting is actually the flip. Like in parenting, so I have three kids, they're um, eight, five, and almost two. Hmm. And um, in parenting, I'm the I'm the man and I'm the patriarchy sure. <laughs> in some ways, right? And so um, I, coaching for parents is sort of a unique um, piece um, because it's it's sort of the opposite. It's about owning my own beliefs about something, my own feelings about something, um, so that I can hold space for my kids when I'm giving them information. Mm. Um, and so I think that coaching for parents is a sort of a one-off coaching session where I help parents sort of own 
their own stuff so that when we're holding space for our kids, we could be like, oh, you know what? I get really worked up about this, but like I'm explaining this to you and this is about you. Um, and it can be something um, like simple sometimes, like even a new baby, a new sibling coming to the family for parents can be just, you know, joyous or exciting. And for kids can bring up a lot of mixed feelings. Um, and so that's a simple example, um, but there's a lot of things and a lot of conversations that we're trying to have with our kids and be open to in a way that I don't think has been um, modeled before. Mm, yeah. Well, in that a, sort of rich way or in the, yeah, so. Yeah. Well, and I think that you're totally right about that sort of breakdown of not only organized religion, but the way that our parents used to do things. And, you know, I I had um, a conversation with a man who is in line behind me and, you know, he was talking about how unruly his kids are when he'd be in a grocery store. I don't know how, how conversations come up yeah, when you're with right. strangers. I don't yes. know. But um, and he was talking about how when he was younger, you know, his parents would just backhand him. Wow. Yeah. And I was like. I said, I, you probably didn't deserve to get hit when you were a kid. And he just, for like a split second, he just looked down like he was in shame. Oh, no. But then he kind of came back. And, yeah. And he was like, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. I probably did deserve it. But like for that moment, like I think it brought him back to, well, how do you negotiate those feelings as a kid and then like also how to maintain those barriers of like maybe kids don't deserve to get spanked or hit but like also how do you maintain that like authority you know behavior and it was like it was one of those conversations where I was like I don't know how to navigate this I'm not a parent yeah right and you know he's a guy who does have kids and also you know experienced that kind of stuff when he was younger and and it's just it is so tricky and yeah. there's so much information and so many strong opinions right and i think some of it and it sounds like that's a therapist referral right um, yeah that, not a coach <laughs> but um yeah. but i and I, that's yeah i i think so much as um i lost my train of thought i think so much for parents is so my daughter for example asked me um last year what the what a confederate flag was mm. now i have a lot of strong feelings and beliefs about the confederate flag um right but um but in that moment it was an edge i was talking to her and so i think it's um and i was trying to explain to her what the confederate flag was and she's um eight so her sense of equality and fairness is top of the line and so i didn't need to go into like handing down um i didn't need to make her feel ashamed of this nation's history mm. um with you know um because she's coming into her own yeah but i did need to impart some really important information yeah. and so um i think that for me it was about holding space for her learning experience while also being sort of accountable to the values i want to impart on her yeah um and i see this a lot right now i think with with climate change i think that um we are as grown-ups in this world fighting a huge battle um and it has been a long time coming that we are sort of recognizing the impacts of climate change and we're used to people denying climate change um but we have a generation of young people growing up who do know about climate change and are going to be faced with the reality of climate change in a way that we can't even imagine and so when we're talking about it i'm i'm just seeing so much anxiety in our young people mm. be, like our 
my eight-year-old, like young people that they are facing an, an Armageddon. And I think that we have a responsibility to hold our own beliefs, which is like guilt and shame and anxiety, and be mindful that we're still trying to impart a vision of the life that they can have. Mm. Um, and so I, I just, um, and that they're just little people, you know, moving through wor- the world um, yeah. and, and that they're not responsible for GE. Yeah, so, totally. Um, yeah, so that. my coaching, I, so my coaching is about, um, is really just about helping, giving parents a little bit of space to own, see where their own beliefs are and their own feelings um, so that they can hold space a little bit more clearly for their kid, kids, excuse yeah. me. Uh, that's, you know, and just having a conversation with you, it does feel like that sort of is what, your work is almost just bringing these mindful moments Mm -hmm. and allowing space and allowing a little bit of breathing room around some ideas. Yeah, right. Because we can all benefit by just slowing down a little bit. Um, And that's why it feels like a very different thing than the rest of the work that I'm doing. But um, but, uh, Yeah. yeah, it feels important. That sounds really great. And, you know, earlier, if you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Beth Pelletieri, um, who is a personal and a business coach. Um, And there was a a moment that you had touched on earlier about, well, maybe that sounds like something for a therapist. How, how, what's the difference? Why would somebody go to a therapist versus a coach? Where, how do you, how do you know the difference between those two? Yeah. So I think that in general, therapists trauma right? Like coaches are not trained in trauma. We have no experience with, we might have personal experience with trauma. We don't have (laughs) clinical experience with coping and supporting people through trauma. Um, I think that there is some overlap with that square one where you're dissolving beliefs that don't serve you. Mm. Um, That's some, that's like the work of some therapists and coaches do that, I think in a different way. Um, But for my practice, I'm really focused on dreaming and scheming and visioning and, um, and, sort of implementation and strategy. And so those pieces don't, um, I don't think overlap. I think I might be who you see after a therapist mm-hmm. or when you're ready to sort of actualize your dreams. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So that's, so therapists are definitely for trauma and trying to work through those sort of like heavier issues. Yes. And you're doing more stuff that's uh, actualizing your dreams. Yes. And forward in the, in the forward motion as opposed to the going back okay yeah because it's it's I think it's in a lot of ways it's the same it's a similar format where you're sitting down and having a very like clear discussion yeah with someone but the the intention and the outcome are dramatically different yeah and I think too I'm based in Northampton and for folks who are real in Northampton or East Hampton I'm actually going to people's homes and workplaces which is different um because I love leaving the energy of our sessions at people's houses Mm. um and or at workplaces and I think that like people organically just feel more comfortable in their own space I get sort of different information about people in their space um but also what because we're dreaming I love just like leaving that energy um behind because it's just I don't know it just feels good a little more lifted yeah right and then people can um can follow up with that in their own space and sort of remember our conversation I think in a more tangible way yeah when you go and visit someone at their business or at their home or, you know, when you're doing this coaching work, um, what kind of information do you tend to gather from site or when you mm, walk into the space? I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's a lot about like, um, I think you can see the sort of realized, um, 
the way people describe themselves, you can see that in a realized form. Mm. Um, and so I think that that for me is interesting. Like someone had a client who like loves spaces and decorating. So I got to see what that meant for her. Mm. Um, and then when she was talking about her dreams, I could like imagine them in a different way. So I think that that's really fun. Um, and I think that everyone's into sort of what sparks joy. And so, um, there's actually a whole tool that we use called a living space tool, which is like, um, which rooms bring you the most joy and which rooms or spaces do you not like the most. And mm. using that as a, like a metaphor for parts of your life that you would like to clean up. Um, and so it's sort of fun to do that in people's houses. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah. That's really, really fun. Um, I wanted to check in with you about... You know, on your website, you do talk about, um, and if you're just tuning in, uh, this is, we're chatting with Beth Pelletieri um, of bpcoaching.life. And on your website, you talk about, um, sorry, let me just find this quote, which was just in front of me. Uh, On your bio, you mentioned that instead of anticipating expectations, hustling to make it work or pushing aside my intuition that you're more focused on that quiet voice within. Yes. How, how, what is, what is that quiet voice within? Mm -hmm. Let's just start there. So, um, I think that, so my favorite example, like no one ever tells a tiger to like stop following their intuition. Mm. Right. Like that would be a ridiculous idea. Right. How else are you going to hunt? Right. How else are you going to hunt? And so I think that, um, my goal, of course, is to help people not need me, mm. um, right? It's uh, I guess that's another difference than therapy. Therapy can be for years. This is supposed to be for a few months. Um, it's a pivot. So um, I love helping people um, listen to themselves better. And um, we use a tool called the body compass. So you really can be in your body and um, calibrate sort of like what feels good and what doesn't feel good um, and sort of start leaning into your intuition in another way. Um, and there's so much interesting science right now about how our mind and body work together. Um, there was this really fun study where they had a deck of red cards and a deck of blue cards. And the red deck of red cards had more bigger wins less frequently. And the deck of blue cards had fewer wins, but more of them. And it took people's fingers 10 card draws to realize that the red card was not as good for them as the blue card. Their fingers got sweaty. They like had a physical response to the red cards and it took people's minds 80 cards to get the same information. So, so our body is just inherently smart um, and accessing information that we don't, that we don't always adhere to. So um, because we're so busy focused on sort of the analytical piece. Um, and so listening to the quiet voice within is 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 about tuning in. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love when science matches like mindfulness and energy and all that kind of stuff, because it just feels exciting. It does feel exciting. And I think that it is the language that we need to explain the subtle things that we already know. Yes. Exactly. It's another framework Mm -hmm. for pulling back. And yeah, it's another. And about trust. I mean, like, right, if we have the science to trust ourselves, it helps us trust ourselves and follow those hunches and and lead with our intuition. Absolutely. And sometimes people need to have that, that, uh, that science based idea too to open up new worlds of possibility for themselves. Yes. As someone with a background in health, public health, I definitely was one of those people. Yeah. It took me a while to, to believe. 
gotta believe eventually that's well true. you believe your experiences yes that's what we that's do true. you know yes. what we see where we tend to be like oh something's stuck there yes that's totally true and then the other thing is i just as a life coach as a coach i get to help people hear their voice a little clearer because i can echo it back to them or ask more follow-up questions and so i think that's the other way that people can tune into their inner voice a little bit more yeah, like closely a mirror yes a nosy mirror <laughs> but they're they're encouraging you yes, to be nosy. That's true. They're asking There's, you to be right, nosy. It is my service. <laughs> yeah. And you're good at being nosy. I am very good at yes. <laughs> I know. I always ask you, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? How does that <laughs> yeah. But that's 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 a strength. I always call people I always say that people have their own superpowers. Yes. Everyone has a superpower, even if they think it's their most annoying trait. I call it a superpower because you just don't know. Right. And my brain does strategy without me. I mean, that's the goal, right? Is for everyone to get to do the thing they do without thinking about it. And my brain does strategy without thinking about it. So, And how? what does strategy do for us? Um, I think strategy allows us to prioritize what feels important. Um, and I think it allows us to see what, in, in the context of coaching, it allows us to see what noise is serving us and what noise is not serving us so that we can um, push ahead when we need to and ignore the noise or be like, hey, that was actually very useful and I need to take steps around that. Um, so I think it helps tease that out for us. I love it. On your website, you ask a question and you say, what would you be doing right now if you weren't afraid of the mess? Ooh, yeah. That was my that was my little like quote right after that. I was like, ooh, love it. <laughs> that is such a juicy question. Right? Yeah, because I think you it do just right now if you wouldn't if you weren't afraid of the mess. And what's the mess? I think for everyone the mess is different. Like for me the mess is like if I didn't care what people thought. Mm. Um a lot of like people pleasing in there. But um yeah, I think for everyone the mess is different. I think that we this is like again accessing those little voices. Um there's Martha Beck talks about who I was trained under uh talks about um if you're standing on a high dive like um there you either look down and there's a pool of like beautiful water but you're still on the freaking high dive so mm. you like can still be terrified but you know that at the bottom is a pool of water or you're on the high dive and you look down and it's a pool of toxic sludge mm. and so i think that we like conflate discomfort and fear with toxic sludge and sometimes um it's just fear and um and so i think that life coaching is about um about taking those teeny steps to see like, ooh, that is a pool of water that I'd love to jump into, but I am afraid. Yeah. And then that's okay. Like you don't have to jump right into the pool. You could like build yourself a tiny ladder. Yeah. So <laughs> wiggle your way down. Yeah. Um, but I think that that is what that sentence is about is that we all have these dreams. Um, and for me, it was like baby steps like on my business um, and thinking it was going to be something else. And now I'm a life coach and that's not at all what I thought I was going to be six months ago um, or a year ago at all. A year ago, I was still in my terrible job. <clears throat> so uh, I think that, yeah, it's about the pool and um, and what is your, is what is your beautiful pool? Mm. And so, I mean, when when our fears look pretty real, when you're like, I really want to start this business, but I don't know how to get the money. Yeah. Or I really want to make this huge leap, but I am scared that I won't be able to uh, stay healthy enough to expend this kind of energy. Yeah. I mean, the fears are real. So I, I don't want to minimize the fears. I think what life coaching does is it helps us stay accountable to the fact that they're fears and stays accountable to the 
beautiful pool at the bottom so that we can take um, steps. So my favorite, so this is like, we had talked about square two, which was like dreaming and scheming. And this is like a square three, which is, um, so square two is dreaming and scheming. And the mantra is, um, there are no rules and that's okay. And square three is a hero's journey, which is of course all about the ups and downs. And the mantra is, this is harder than I thought. And that's okay. Um, and my favorite tool in square three is turtle steps. So you take the thing that feels daunting and you break it up into the tiniest possible steps. So the steps that feel easeful, you stay in ease the whole time. Mm, so and this that is, is the key. That is the key. And that's like, but it's about right staying accountable. You're still working towards the pool, but I'm going to do this at the pace that feels comfortable for me. Um, and for me, a really simple example was building my website. So I asked someone for reference for recommendations on a website thing. And they sent them to me and I waited three weeks or something before I, and then I checked everyone's website on the referral list and I found one I liked. Mm. And a week later, I put her phone number in my cell phone. And then another week later, I called her. So it's about taking these like really minute steps, but we're really still staying accountable to who we want to be in the world and what that looks like and what brings us joy. Um, we're not losing sight of our vision. And you're not, but you're also not letting the fear take right. over and fully paralyze you. Yes. Right. Yeah. Or exactly. overextending yourself. Yes. Or fill And then in the there blank. is times where the fear is just going to, it's going to, like every time I got a, a version of my website, I had a stomach ache for a day. Oh, yeah. Because it was like such a huge step of like putting myself out there and my business out there in a different way than I had been doing previously. Um, and so I, and but like being like, that was a fear stomach ache. And that's okay. And it's my body integrating something new. And, and like, I'll ride out that wave. And, and then what happened when I find my website finally went live was I was like, okay, this is gonna be the worst stomach ache ever. And instead, I was like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that it's just about right, giving ourselves space and kindness and compassion. But mm. yeah, the pool stay with the pool. I love that. I yeah. love that a lot. Um, so, and so let me ask you the question. What would you be doing Ooh. right now if you weren't afraid of the mess? I really want to run workshops. Oh. Um, and I've actually been talking to a, another small business owner in East Hampton about running workshops together where she does like maybe some photography and uh, for folks of like they're new, they're sort of like embodying them themselves. Um, but I think that, um, I think we talked earlier about sort of missing um, religion um, and the structure that it gave us for life events. And I think workshops is a really beautiful way to, create structure and community. Um, there was this really cool program um, called Centering Pregnancy where people did their um, prenatal appointments in a group Whoa. for like a two hours. Um, and when I moved to the Valley, even though I hadn't been part of that, um, it was an insane network of families that were connected because they had done prenatal visits together for nine right. months. And was so I- local? Local, uh-huh. Wow. Yep. And so I plugged right myself right in and like, you know, people share, like our kids are big and we're still sharing stuff. Aww. And so um, I kind of want to do that with this. Like I want to start a workshop for people building their own businesses, like solopreneurs trying to follow their vision um, where they get to do some of this work, but w with a coach, but in community. Um, and so that you're building that support so that in six months when it gets really hard or you feel stuck, you have people you can call um, and that you have sort of built a connection around. Hmm, that's so exciting. That's what I want to do. So oh, I, I just have to. It. 
And while even when you're talking about it, I feel like you got a little. Oh, I got like, vibrational. Yeah, I got a little like. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Your energy lifted. Yeah, I like. I like that you. Um, that your style of, that your approach to this is. How does it make me feel internally? Yes, yes, I'm a big fan of the like. What? Yeah, I mean to use yoga with Adrian YouTube videos. She said her tagline is "Find what feels good," and I preach. Yep, that's it. Yeah. That's the message. I like her YouTube videos. I also watch them. She's really good. But when I need a good workout, sometimes I go to Boho Beautiful. Oh, I don't know Boho Beautiful. I'll have to check her out. Yeah. they're or, or Yeah. It's, she's very strong. Okay. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Sometimes I try to do like two yoga with Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Well, um, how, how do you like your, to keep yourself grounded? That's mm. something I try to ask everyone who kind of comes in here that works in, you know, health and wellness and this kind of world here. Um, what are strategies that you like to do for um, for keeping yourself grounded and centered? Yeah, I think the um, two big ones are um, taking baths and walking in nature. Both ground me. Mm-hmm. I have three kids, so um, my time is not always my own. Um, and I have been finding that, like, just like lighting a candle when I'm cooking dinner, and there's like chaos in the kitchen, just like totally at least gives me like a centering because mm-hmm. um, then there's like something to sort of check back with. Like it's like my own little accountability in wax. Yeah. Um, and it's that, that elemental focus yes. as well. Right. Right. And I also think like um, parenting offers us a model of what we're trying to teach our kids. And so it cr- creates, although it does not always create grounding, it sort of gives us real time um, sense of like what we're trying to do and how we're trying to, model these things that we talk about um so that we're passing them along yeah 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 do you do you have a preference whether you like to do um more of the personal coaching with folks Mm. or more of the business coaching do you um do you have kind of a special place in your heart for one versus the other that's a very good question um i mean i think my i my clients are pushing off against something um really concretely and so I think that um sometimes that's a business it seems more often that's a person like a career shift or um starting I feel like I've been getting a lot of people who are trying to make their own businesses Mm. um and push off against sort of what they know um but incorporate that and and are sort of finding their own language um for how they want to be of service um and I think that that's super fun Hmm. so maybe that's a maybe it's like the maybe it's the blend (laughs) I love it I love it yeah and I I feel like you mentioned something about this earlier too is that the the personal and the business are very very similar yeah they kind of they bleed into one each other it's not compartmentalized you know our professional selves are not right taken out of our our personal selves are not taken out of our professional selves yes that's totally true Yeah. yeah um but I do like yeah it's yeah it's fun either way that's fabulous. Yeah. Do you have any last words of wisdom that you want to throw out there? No, I mean, I really, the body compass tool, if you, I bet if you Googled like Martha Beck and body compass, it's really fun, um, especially for those of us who have a more analytical mind. It sort of gives us a way to like calibrate to even like, is like, how does this feel? Is it like a negative 10 or a positive 10? And so it sort of gives us a structure to check in with ourselves and, listen to ourselves a little bit clearer, which I always find helpful. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome.
how how can people find you if they're curious about learning more about what it is that you do and um, all of this? Uh, how can how can people find you? Sure. So my website is uh, BP for Beth Pelletieri Coaching dot life, um, and I offer a twenty minute free mini session to anyone interested. So um, it's like no strings attached. I really trust that whoever's going to work with me is the right fit for for both of us. And so, um, yeah, I encourage anyone to give it a try, um, even if you're not totally interested. Um, it's free and it's fun and um, you get to talk so about yourself and hopefully get some some jewels. Yeah. I mean, I got a couple jewels even just from doing that exercise that we did together. Oh, good. Yeah. Yay. In the second segment about like, what are your favorite things? That's so lovely. That was really, that was very impactful. And I'll also plug, there is a Western Mass um, Coaches Association or Alliance. Um, and so a lot of local coaches are listed there. Um, and so if, if you're interested, but not sure that I'm the right fit or want to sort of explore your options, um, they have great profiles of great people doing great work. Great. Um, and give your website um, a shout out one more time and also can ma- maybe spell the last your last name as well. Sure. So my website is bpcoaching.life. Um, and my name is Beth Pelletieri. That's P as in Peter, E-L-L-E-T-T-I-E-R-I. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was thank a you. pleasure having you. It was you. so much fun. Yeah. It's always fun to see you. Oh, so, absolutely. Especially in this little basement with all the cds yeah valley free radio yeah (laughs) all right well and um if you are listening and you missed uh some of the show and you want to listen to the full show um you can always go on to reikinorthampton.com backslash radio and find all this and all the uh former episodes as well so i hope everyone has a great weekend kena so be well everyone